1: oh my god oh my god oh my god i am not kidding we just recorded this podcast stay to the very very end to hear the most frightening thing you could possibly ever hear I was in the shower, oh, yeah. I was cleaning my ass and making all the stairs all sparkly, you, clean.
2: I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock <laughs> <laughs> I just checked myself Piddles, out! The Beatles, music, wine, and then loop up
1: The A glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I've imagined your pants
2: Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs to playtime. Uh, uh,
1: we're not
0: sluts. We
1: just
2: love love. Welcome back to another spooktacular episode of By the By.
1: In this very important Halloween special, Uh we learn why not to put razor blades into apples.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so it's the last Wednesday before Halloween.
1: Yay! I mean, boo, but also yay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and uh, we had a pretty nice weekend and we're going to talk a bit about... uh, all kinds of weird things. Also, as a side note, did you know that nobody ever put razor blades in candy or apples or shit like that? That uh that was part of the the, the conservative conspiracy of against Halloween. Scare. Thank you, Christian Wright.
2: Scare tactics. Scare tactics. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, so um cool. Yeah. How you doing?
2: Yeah, good. <laughs> We did have a very lovely weekend. The gentleman came over. Yes. And, and it was good to spend some time with him.
1: Yes. And then on Saturday, Leo came over.
2: And then.
1: Dump, dump, dump. What I consider as part of the Halloween experience, one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen was seeing the gentleman tied to the S for a good two hours while Leo and I sat on a couch and Angelo uh, continually put uh, things into his peepee.
2: Yeah, we did some sounding. It was
1: great. We learned other important things, some chemistry and science. Such as? Such as stainless steel is a poor conductor of electricity.
2: Yes, it is. Yeah. Which I knew that. I just didn't think that they were stainless steel, which I guess it makes sense. Because basically what we tried to do then, like at the end, once we had done a lot of sounding and had some fun, we thought we'd have a little more fun and try to electrify them a little bit. But they don't really conduct. So we're going to have to get some different sounds. I know there's sounds out there that, that do, so we're gonna we're gonna work on this.
1: How about this sound?
2: Is that what electrifying? Um,
1: or electrifiable? It is. It is not. <laughs> uh, um,
2: I mean, it's a good sound. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so um,
2: it was fun though. It was really fun to have the gentleman tied up and just be able to play with him and tease him. He's so just so teasable
1: yeah it was it and that's was, what
2: you want in your toys right I, I i mean for reals
1: um it was really entertaining to to watch as well and i know leo was getting really turned on and i was getting quite turned off
2: well the two of you were doing some nice uh 69 action over here at one point well yeah because
1: Which... i was like i was like i can't watch this anymore i need to do something else <laughs> Ooh, look a penis
2: <laughs> yeah yeah that was really I hard think, to see i think
1: I i'll start going down on this for a while <laughs> this is much better than watching that over there because the gentleman's sounds were great. Mm -hmm. Um, But watching the action just doesn't, I've I've determined (laughs) sounding just isn't for me Uh both experientially and it's just not my thing visually.
2: Mm -hmm. So you just need to have a blindfold on and just listen to the sounds of the sounding.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Hello, penis smile. friend. (laughs) I've come to stick things in you again. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Whether you call it peen or cock, Willie, I can jam my rod down. It's, I don't know. It is the sound of sounding. <laughs> oh man.
2: That needs a little more work. Flush it out before the next time. Poor
1: Paul Simon. <laughs> poor, poor Garfunkel. Yeah. It's, uh anyway, so yeah, uh it was a delightful, delightful weekend. Yeah. Uh full of wonderful terror to, you know, mm-hmm. excite us all. Mm-hmm. First, we're gonna talk about uh December tenth, which is
2: pendulum. The next pendulum, that's right. Everything's gonna be open up.
1: Yes. So December 10th is the next pendulum. And uh yeah, the, the club opens, I think, like the weekend before. So due to changing moving targets and government policies, they had to postpone their reopening. But uh, yeah, so yay.
2: That's all right. We'll help break it in again. We'll, yeah. yeah, we'll clean up. <laughs>
1: excuse me while I clean out some of your cobwebs.
2: <laughs> so, I'm, yes. I'm really, really looking forward to that pendulum. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are as well. It'll be good to see everyone again and kind of jump right back into things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And people. Also, also <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know I'm really looking forward to it. I know we've got uh, a couple, if not more, of our Discord uh, folks hmm. that are excited to come and uh, and looking forward to see them and giving people actual physical hugs. And I know, crazy. It's like, no, look, we don't have to just talk at you anymore. We can actually hug you and talk with you. Yeah. It'll be great. So, so good. very much looking forward to that. Go to uh, oursecretspot.com.au. And uh, you can find your tickets there.
0: Yep. Hurry. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah. So we are going to continue on what we started a bit last week with the sort of the what binds the horror genre with the uh with the queer world, mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk a bit more about some of the. Some of the background stuff, I know we talked a little about Universal Monsters, but also about just early queer history and with people like Oscar Wilde, who wrote The Picture of Dorian Gray. And so what's interesting about that, anybody who's read it or seen the movie, is that the artist is clearly... So the, the basic story is you've got a young, rich... Um, vivacious young man and he gets his portrait done and when he sees it he's so infatuated with the portrait that he wishes that he himself could stay as beautiful as this portrait is for the rest of his life Uh, and so by the miracle of miracles the portrait ages but he he stays the same and so what's interesting about that is I you know I've seen it on stage. I've seen stage adaptations. I've seen the original movie, which is very, very old. You know I've read the read the book, um, which was written by a queer art, uh, author, and it's like what at the time might have been subtext. I think in today's time is super text because the the artist who paints Dorian's picture is clearly infatuated with him, and it's this big sort of like big to do. He talks about how vivacious he is and how rosy his cheeks are and Mm. how he's this epitome of, of manhood and blah, 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 blah. And Dorian, while he does date a woman, he dates an actress and it's very clear that he's dating her because of her job, not necessarily because of she's beautiful. Her status. Right. Yeah. And so when she says to him, look, I'll quit acting because I want to be here with you forever. He's like, "Mm, bye-bye.
2: No, no, thanks. (laughs) No, thanks. And you
1: know, he sits and stares nightly at this portrait, you know? And so he's, it's that self love and that love of man and that man love of man. Uh, And there's three main guys that sort of the artist Dorian and his close friend who basically are in this, lover's trio kind of thing
2: So if he's staring at his portrait and in love with himself or this portrait of himself does that mean that he starts to then get like a silver fox thing and like a daddy fish but yet he can't fulfill because he's like forever young
1: Oh my god that's hilarious he is forever twink <laughs> There there's your next story it's a picture of Dorian Gray but it's a it's a twink story <laughs> and it's like a twink and a bear uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, he's the both. The picture starts out as a twink, and as as he ages and and does more sinful things, it becomes a bear. Mm-hmm. I love it.
2: <laughs>
1: we need to get on this. Yeah,
2: yeah, awesome. Uh,
1: yeah, and also I wanted to talk a bit more about the universal monsters because I know I touched on it, but I touched on it relatively fleetingly. Mm-hmm. And I'd written I've been thinking about it all week, and I've written some notes down to try to more clearly express my. My thoughts and feelings on this. So, firstly, you have Frankenstein, uh, which, if again, if you've read the book, Frankenstein is the name of the creator, not the creature. The creature is just known as the monster, uh, or in the book, Adam, and. He makes it a point, both in the book and in the movie, to find the best. He wants the epitome of man. If all you're doing is recreating life, do you fucking care? I, I, th- I feel like if you're making a man, it is very much Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Mm. I'm making a man. <laughs> right? So I feel like Frankenstein is doing that. Also, as a side note, uh, in the original movie, the side character was named Fritz who doesn't appear in the book. Where did Igor come from? Igor, whatever, other than young Frankenstein. Wasn't your hump on the other side? What hump? (laughs) Anyway, like four people out there who laughed at that. (laughs) I appreciate you. Uh, but I think one of the important sort of reason, like what I want to kind of dive into with this is why, uh, why the queer community sort of dives into horror and really grasps onto it. And think about what happens when Frankenstein finally creates his monster. What does he do? He creates his child. And just because of what his child is, he hates it. He shuns it. He pushes it away. And I think that that's something that's really common in the queer community. Even today, it was definitely common then, but even today... You look at that and it's very much a sort of a surrogate for the religious right Mm -hmm. uh, and how they see their children and immediately banish them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's very easy for you to see yourself in that. Next one I'm going to touch on is Dracula's Daughter, which was the sequel to Dracula.
2: Okay, I don't think I saw this one.
1: I don't think a lot of people saw this one. (laughs) Uh, But... Dracula's Daughter was really put down by the Hays Board, which uh, Mm. if you don't know who the Hayes Board is, that was the, (laughs) before the MPAA, that was, they were the people who really kind of shut down movies. And they are the reason that uh, we're so prudish in our films even today. And so, you know, a lot of what the MPAA does, well, the Hays Board was clearly censoring and the MPAA says, oh, we don't censor, we advise. They also censor. Anyway. That's a whole different story. Uh, Dracula's daughter is this beautiful, beautiful woman, uh, a little more matronly than you might expect, but she preys on women. And there's a scene where she encourages a young woman to move her dress, open her dress up a little more off the shoulder, like, oh, so scandalous. And it's clear that what she's staring at is the woman's breasts and her shoulder. And the woman is getting uncomfortable with this, the young woman is getting uncomfortable with this. And basically she's like, no, no, no. And the and Dracula's daughter's like, oh, you'll do just fine. And then she pounces on her. Well, a lot of that had to be cut because the Hayes code was like, We can't have a woman biting another woman.
2: Oh no, that's scandalous.
1: Yes. So they did. They cut a lot of it back.
2: Oh, take all
1: the fun out of it. Come on. That's what we want to see. But what's really funny is that Universal Marketing didn't. They pushed it. In fact, they ran with one of the taglines that was something along the line of, London, protect your young girls. (laughs) It's like, and, you know, the cover has this woman on it. It It's like, so Uh she's clearly a predator of young women. So very interesting stuff.
2: Awesome. I feel like I should look this up.
1: Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to watch it. It's good stuff. Uh, lastly, I'm going to talk about Wolfman. Yeah, which I think is obviously a queer reference. Uh-huh. If you can't figure this one out, like you can figure it out. But Wolfman, he's a normal man by day, and he's a wild beast at night, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. doing you know stuff that normal men wouldn't do. Also, come on, who uh, who amongst the gay community isn't a, a furry? <laughs> puppy play anybody come on uh-huh. i mean it it basically it makes perfect perfect sense
2: yeah i think that one's that one's pretty obvious
1: so i, th- I think ultimately what the before we get into the our, our main topic of the movie we were we watched this this week uh horror is very much about um from the monster's point of view, which is why we watch horror movies. We watch them for the monsters, not for the heroes. Uh, it's so a true. It's, it's, it is. I mean,
2: yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think now of like, you know, other genres where we watch for the monsters, but I maybe mean,
1: James Bond. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, it's 50, 50. Yeah. You watch it for Dr. No, it's named Dr. No, but it's right. You know, yeah. Goldfinger. No, right. They're named after these people, but mm. you still, it's a 50, it's a 50, 50.
2: Yeah.
1: But with the horror movies,
2: it's always the monsters. That's what you want to see.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, I remember growing up, it wasn't Friday the 13th. It was the Jason film. Let's watch the new Jason mm-hmm. film. Uh, it wasn't Nightmare on Elm Street. It was the new Freddy film. It wasn't, uh, it was Halloween, so it wasn't the new Michael Myers film, but yeah. everybody knows yeah. it's Michael Myers. Uh, and so you constantly, and then when you think of, the, again, the classics, the classics are named. Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Dracula, the Wolfman, the Mummy. Mm-hmm. It's it, They're named after their, their villains. Yeah. Uh, but it's about, that sense of being of having to hide and being rejected wherever you go, which is what the monster is having to do, um, and never really finding your perfect mate or your partner. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein is very much this. As soon as she's created, she abhors and rejects, you know, her, the monster. Yeah. Um, also interesting, she's created by two men, so it's like the Hays Code also hated that because you couldn't have two men creating life. <laughs> I love wow. it. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um so again, it's also about being looked at as a monster. You're the other, you're yeah. different uh, by public even though you may not have done anything wrong. You've not done anything wrong or anything to hurt them, but they hate you based on who you are. Uh that that horror and I remember this growing up of they are coming for your children and I had an a, a time when when my parents were not happy because a family member was wanting to take me to a film with a gay friend. And I was young. I was probably 10, 11. And they were like, well, who's going to take him to the bathroom? And, and they were like, well, him, he's gay. He can't take him to the bathroom. So it's shit like that. It's not.
2: Oh, yeah. So terrible.
1: Um, which goes against the, goes against nature, yeah. which again, the mad scientist going against nature or, being a creature that is unable to control its urges, and finally, you know, like being a, something that was born to be against God's will, it was against the normal. It was against what was it? So it's very understandable why queer culture mm. looks at horror and immediately latches onto well, it. Well, they
2: identify with it, yeah, yeah.
1: Because you look in the many of these monsters, you sort of see your own reflection in, and I think it's really kind of interesting to see that.
2: Also, there can be a lot of sexiness in the films too, and I mean, who doesn't want to watch that?
1: I know. I mean, thank you, Friday the Thirteenth, taking a genre that started out with Halloween, really, uh, that was not very bloody, not very, not a lot of sex, mm. and saying, you know what, we're going to do? We're making it to <laughs> where if you fuck, you die. Uh-huh. Also, show us your tits. <laughs> the virgin lives. Which, now, again, well, yeah. like we said last week, mm-hmm. harkens back to the AIDS epidemic. Right. Oof. Oof. So, with that, let's go back to 1985 and talk about a movie that has been sort of touted as the queer horror movie. Uh huh. Rated R and running at an hour and 27 minutes, the movie is A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Freddie's Revenge.
2: What was he getting revenge on? We talked about this last week. We don't know what he's getting revenge on. Did
1: we talk about this last week? Yeah,
2: well, we briefly mentioned, Okay, but yeah. I don't know. That I have no idea.
1: Yeah. I don't know why they getting Maybe the we talked about revenge. it off the show, I think we but, did. Okay. I don't think it was actually on the podcast. Okay. Uh, we don't know what he's getting revenge for. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's getting revenge for. <laughs> it's clearly not a revenge story, uh, unless he's getting revenge on the chick. But I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. Here's a a literally one-sentence plot synopsis. A teenage boy is haunted in his dreams by deceased child murderer Freddy Krueger, who is out to possess him in order to continue his reign of terror in the real world. So this film, uh, if you aren't familiar with it, Freddy Krueger is played by Robert England, stars Jesse Walsh, played by Mark Patton. And it was the first instance of a scream king
2: oh so the
1: first time the protagonist was male and really if you think about the halloween series the nightmare on elm street friday the 13th the big three and we'll go ahead and include things like hellraiser uh Mm. um, phantasm like rarely very rarely do you have a male protagonist
2: yeah that's very true i hadn't really thought about that
1: not in slashers, yeah, because you have to be a female virgin in order to survive, and well, let's be realistic, no boy can keep it in his pants
2: I'd say there's no male virgins out there, right, exactly, <laughs>
1: so it was written by David Chaskin, and the only reason I bring him up is that he is uh sort of notorious for what he has said about this film that it wasn't a queer story it wasn't intended to be a queer story
2: so he's saying he didn't mean it to be but yet it somehow turned into that basically
1: well he there was a lot of blame going around on this on and
2: and why is that a bad thing really
1: well because so, I mean, ultimately, again, remember, it's 1985. Uh, Reagan has been president for maybe a year.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's not, you know, being gay is not okay, uh, which was probably a bumper sticker that was on many people's cars back then. Uh, yeah. But so, director Jack Shoulder and David Chaskin both have denied that there was any kind of subtext in the film. And we're going to spoil this film if you haven't watched it, but uh, a quick sort of really quick overview of it is, well, you've got a young boy who is plagued with dreams, uh, recently moved into the same house that was, uh, that was featured in the first Nightmare on Elm street. And he's plagued by dreams of this, of Freddy Krueger. He's, clearly being pursued by this girl who for no reason should like him, but she does. Um, he meets well,
2: he's the new boy in town, right? Yeah. So yeah. fresh meat.
1: Yeah. Uh, so he meets this guy in school who at first seems like a bully, but then they become BFFs. And so the story continues as he is sort of abused by some of his teachers at school. And he's trying to figure out, what's going on with him and why his downstairs feels really strange about this girl. And yet still Freddie is, is around all the time.
2: I'm getting so much more symbolism now as we're talking about this, because you said, (laughs) why is his downstairs feel, but like the downstairs of the house was hot. Like the basements of the house was always hot and on fire. That's where the furnace was. That's where the heat is. But then also like during the movie, you know, his, he starts to change as Freddie basically comes out of him or he turns into Freddie, but he's like, you know, doesn't want his body to change. He's like, Oh my God, what's going on? Why is my body changing? But that's a very teenage thing, right? Yeah. Puberty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a, it's an interesting story. And what, what's really interesting is that the, the actor who plays Jesse, um, again, his name is Mark Patton was, closeted at the time Mm. and it's just this it's interesting um within the first 10 minutes you get him screaming at the top of his lungs and it is a shrill falsetto scream as he wakes up from a nightmare and so you've got a, a lot of these typical things that happen in the film that we are, we were, we were, and we are used to seeing women portray, but to see a a, a young man do it, you know, the guy got a lot of flack from this film, and it was because you know yeah. the writer even you know had say, was reportedly said you know he was having fun torturing the actor, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a shit thing to do because mm-hmm. they knew that this was this was untamed territory, and rather than handle it with any kind of respect they they put this poor kid through hell um through his own horror movie but i want to talk about a couple of the scenes uh at one point he wakes up in the middle of the night and goes wandering the city as you do and he walks into a leather bar
2: oh yeah i remember that yeah because it's called dawn's place but the flashing neon light in the movie when i saw it i read it as dom's place
1: oh my god that's and i
2: was like oh my god and and also at that point because the movie goes so seamlessly between dreams and not dreams i was not Mm. 100 percent clear if he was dreaming about it or not
1: yeah and it's very clear you you're not really sure if he is and i think that's again that's kind of the point uh there's a reference in the very first few minutes of the film about coach schneider who is the gym coach who is is really hard on jesse and he they say like he goes to like these these s&m clubs well don's place is this bdsm leather club and what i love about it is when they walk in when or when jesse walks in it's this quintessential 1985 this is what white people think bdsm clubs look uh-huh. like yeah. and it's a bar where everybody's goth and like everybody in there has 2 inches of eyeliner on and <laughs> the some of the men have these spiked mohawks and like mm-hmm. the the men look like they'll kill you the women look like they're going to hurt you real bad like it's it's, it's really kind of fun and
2: it's also really hazy smoky neon yeah. everything yeah yeah
1: So it feels dream. It feels dreamlike. So Jesse walks up to the bar. And what's funny is, again, he's wet because it's raining outside. And he's just like half naked. And he orders a drink. And the bartender, without even asking a question, gives him
3: a drink. Uh And then...
1: Coach Schneider puts his hand on his shoulder and he's like, clearly he does go to this, uh, BDSM club. Uh, and then you, you go back and coach Schneider, the next scene, it flashes. Coach Schneider is still in his BDSM leather gear (laughs) of as, because of course he is. And Jesse is barefoot and running laps in the gym. And because of course he is because coach Schneider is such a dom, That he'll bring Jesse, you know, this sweet statutory back to the gym to make him run laps.
2: Because he went to a bar? Because he went to a bar? Like, wait,
1: what? Like, if you really cared about this kid, wouldn't you take him home,
0: maybe? Mm -hmm.
1: Which leads to the next really kind of queer baiting scene is what i'm gonna call it all right uh which is where coach schneider is in the locker room and the and all the balls start shift it's kind of shaking Uh and then he starts getting pelted with balls (laughs) because of course he does there's
2: no symbolism there (laughs) no no
1: (laughs) big balls little balls All the balls. They just come flying at him. They hit him in the face.
2: Dirty balls.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then he is grabbed by two jump ropes uh, and stretched up in the shower Uh in a St. Andrew's cross position. Mm -hmm. And then two towels start to whip him in in his ass. And he died like he lived. (laughs) Coming hard. (laughs) I don't know. It's an interesting scene. And I think if you're not ready for it, it's kind of shocking.
2: I, I will say that it's not something I expected to be in a 1980s horror film. I mean, but again, it's, yeah, it's it's an interesting interpretation and just, it is a bit out of place. It's, But at the same time, I can also see someone saying, I mean, you're in the mid 80s and so they're trying to bring a bit of that you know that edge and that craziness and the whatever to the film, and you know, I guess it does that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I agree, it, it does feel out of place, but at the same time, it's it's that what is what you know, who's our target audience, mm-hmm. and they're mostly young males, really, and what do they want to see, and like, may oh, they want to see the gym coach take it because the. You know, maybe that is in school. Who they're against, or one of their main antagonists—that's
2: who's always yelling at you and pushing you. Yeah, right.
1: And then, like, well, how can we really turn it up a notch? What if he was into leather and Mm -hmm. BDSM? Because I don't think there was a lot. You didn't see that in media, no, uh, at the time. And so it's kind of, and I should say, mainstream media. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So it's it is interesting to. To experience it from that point of view, and I really like that. I think that that although the character isn 't a great character, uh, the scene is interesting and it 's entertaining
2: and it sparks conversation so
1: sure i mean
2: <laughs> I guess clearly because here we are yeah, yeah.
1: let 's take a quick break, and uh, we'll continue on with the rest of the film looking uh For your next Christmas present. Because uh, look. The way things are going right now. You should probably go ahead and order it. Post is not going quickly. And uh, if you want to get yourself something special. Get your partner something special. Or find some little things to stuff in the stockings. Go to adamandeve.com. When you do find your stuff. Put it in your basket. Use checkout code by the by. That's B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. You will get one item at 50% off six videos on demand and a bunch of little stocking stuffers that you can give to somebody else. Buy something for you, keep the little things and put them in someone's stocking. It's a win, win, win. Also you'll get free shipping, which is great, especially since it's taking so long. You feel like you shouldn't have to pay for it anyway. Go to adamandeve.com. That's a uh, www.adamandeve.com. Use checkout code by the by B-Y-T-H-E-B-I all right let's continue on with our halloween special (laughs) i just wanted to do that Uh uh so the next scene that really pops in my head when i think of uh this film it feels a bit dirty calling it a film uh this movie uh is the pool scene.
2: That's what I was going to say, the pool. Yep. So you have
1: Jesse and his actually very good actress and r- r- actually very pretty co-star Kim Myers, who plays Lisa. Uh, also, you've got Robert Russler, who plays Grady, uh, who is mm. the... the Maybe bully, but maybe not. And ultimately not. He's a nice guy. Anyway, so you've got Jesse and Lisa. And Lisa's having this pool party. And her parents are like, don't have, you know, be good. And like.
2: Also, weren't they upstairs or something? Well, they they started out
1: making hot dogs. And and dad's making hot dogs and stuff for all the kids. And then they go upstairs to Bone. Like, it's clear. They are going upstairs. They've got all these kids in their pool outside having a party no later than midnight, uh and they're literally going upstairs mm-hmm. to bone, which mm-hmm. I think is just great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Set a good example for your daughter, you know. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, just I mean, just yeah. let, her, let her know how to do it, right? Yeah. Uh we're gonna go make you a little sister, <laughs> or maybe brother. Um so they go upstairs and Jesse comes over and he's he's a little stressed out, right? So they end up in the cabana because everybody uh, has a cabana. And uh, I mean, I guess if you have a pool, you, you have a cabana. You've got a
2: pool. Yeah, you, yeah.
1: And they start making out. And <laughs> there's this great scene with this giant tongue that comes out of Jesse's mouth. So Lisa is laying on the ground. Jesse is on top of her and they're like making out and kissing. And he's kissing on her neck and he's going down her stomach. Um, I'm pretty sure she's still wearing I don't think there's really any tits in this movie. No. So I think, I think she's so. wearing a bra yeah. or something. Swimsuit. Swimsuit. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Pool party. And he gets up and he's got this giant tongue that comes out of his mouth. And let me replay for you from my memory what happened in in our watching this film. <laughs> because Jesse freaks out and grabs the tongue and stuffs it in his mouth and then gets up and runs away. Angela screams at the TV, no, no, she'll like you better now.
2: <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> what girl doesn't want to see a giant tongue come out of a guy's mouth?
1: It was just, I was like, right, cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's really kind of disturbing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah. And, and
2: and the, yeah, I say that, yeah, the pool party was definitely something that really stuck out in my mind as well, because then she wanted to run after him, but she didn't want to leave her party and her friends were like, yeah, just leave. It's fine. Go ahead. (laughs) Go after him.
1: I just, uh, I do like that. You're like, you look, we are only, we're not here because of you, babe. We're only here for the pool. (laughs) It's like the episode of uh, the Simpsons uh, where the Simpsons get a pool and they only love Lisa because she owns a pool. Mm -hmm. Uh, which, again, this lady's name is Lisa. So maybe oh. the Simpsons stole that from this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it is It is very funny. Like, no, no, you should go. <laughs> <laughs> this party's horrible anyway. Whose house is this? <laughs> so Jesse ends up in Grady's bedroom because, of course, he does.
2: Yeah, where else do you go when you're, like, you know, scared and have this massive tongue and, you know.
1: <laughs> and there's this wonderful line of there's someone in there's someone trying to get inside of me or something like that uh that grady says because uh, throughout the film you're seeing freddie like trying to possess mm-hmm. jesse you know you see freddie's hand come through jesse's hand and it's like some really great and gory practical effects yeah and He says to Grady, "Like, there's someone in. There's someone who's trying to get inside of me." And Grady's like, "Yeah, and you left her party," (laughs) (laughs) which I think is another really interesting statement because think about that statement. That makes perfect sense if the actor is a is female, is Mm -hmm. a lady, Mm -hmm. but in this instance. In, in 1985, for a guy to say, "Yeah," and she's at that party to think, like, what does he mean? Get in, that she wants to get inside you? Because I don't think pegging was really a thing that mainstream Ment-
2: audiences would mentally, have emotionally, okay, tongueily. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Go back. I hear Lisa's into eating ass.
2: <laughs>
1: oh well, Freddie might like that. <laughs> Freddie is what I call my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was, (laughs) and then later, once she's done, I'll get Freddy's revenge. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) show me your brown starfish.
2: Oh my god! Oh my
1: god, that's that's awesome. That's terrible. But first, Grady, should I practice on you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Grady would say no. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't think so either. Grady was cute. Uh, so. Anyway, ultimately, Freddie comes out of of Jesse and kills Grady. Uh-huh. Tragic. Uh-huh. What does Jesse do? He goes back to Lisa's house because I'm, I'm done tearing that boy a new one. It's your turn now, babe. But I, there's just it's it's not a great film. It's not a terrible film. It's it's that middle of the road. But some of the logic I really suffer with. Uh, but he gets there and he's clearly having a panic attack. Which poor kid? I mean, who wouldn't? You just killed your best friend. He's covered in blood, and Lisa's like, "Oh, come on in." <laughs> the you know,
2: which is so bizarre. I mean, I realize that like she's concerned about him and things, but wouldn't your first question be like, "Whose blood is that? Where the fuck did it come from?"
1: But arguably, she saw Freddie destroy half of her friends uh, at the pool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay so okay. maybe she was like, "Must be Thursday." <laughs> so you know. The the long and short of it is, in the end, you've got um, they go back to where Freddie was murdered in this giant boiler room in this giant industrial set uh, because they'd paid for it and they weren't going to use it just for dreams. They needed to need to get the full use out of this set.
2: But that's in the basement of the house, right?
1: It wasn't, but it was. Yeah, in his dreams, it was. Yeah. Um. So he's now in the heart and soul of the. Of of the heat, mm-hmm. all the cha cha ch- changes are are you know <laughs> going on, and Freddie's like coming out of his stomach and shit, and mm-hmm. so he's solved, he's beaten back this time because of love. They Aww. kiss, so heterosexual love destroyed the villain that was inside of destroys all Jesse. monsters,
2: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And really, like the not a lot of people died in this film, like really,
2: yeah. For a horror film, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm
1: pretty sure it was Jess Grady and and Coach Schneider who were, one, Jesse's, you know, mentor mm-hmm. in the BDSM community, mm-hmm. and two, Jesse's boy toy. And uh, in the so, end, Jesse ends up with his beard.
2: So no boys for Jesse is what I'm learning. No, yeah. yeah. So
1: uh, ultimately, I, you cannot watch this film and not go, wow, there is a lot of gay yeah. subtext in this film.
2: Yeah, for sure. You can't do it. Yeah.
1: Uh, and the fact that the both the writer and the director were like, we had no intention of this. You look at it, you're like, come on, How guys. can you
2: not? If you didn't, then you are so out of touch with yourself.
1: <laughs> and the world and the way things yeah. are and everything. It's, uh, it's an interesting... It's an interesting... Uh, yeah, it's interesting.
2: Mm. Yeah, I I did see a lot of that in there. But if we're talking about from a pure enjoyment point of view, it was probably my least favorite of the ones that we watched in lead up to Halloween this year.
1: Really? I
0: yeah. I do
1: like it. Um it's not great, but it, it's in I find it really enjoyable and I really like the fact that you have, it's different. It subverts the it the is. norm. And that's what I think I really enjoy okay. about it. I
2: say, I think, yeah, it does do that. I will give you that. I think what, why it was my least favorite is because I felt like the others had more suspense, whereas this was not, it, it, it's Agreed. not suspenseful, right? Yeah. It's just it's like, it's a good story and things happen and there's monsters, but just not suspense. Yeah. So maybe that's what I'm looking for more in, in my horror.
1: Yeah, I can ex- I can accept that. Um, another, it was
2: good and it was entertaining, but yeah,
1: yeah, I I do like I do like it. It's not my favorite. It's Freddie isn't my favorite. Uh, I, he's too sarcastic. He's too chatty for me. Uh, I always feel like
2: whoa, 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 too chatty for Bradford.
1: I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if there's going to be a chatty person, it better be me, right? <laughs> I, I want my I like my strong and silent uh-huh. types. Uh, Jason uh, okay. Voorhees and, and and Michael Myers. That's who I want. Um, we were. I was just to change the subject here a little bit. We were going to watch the Duke. Oh yeah. We've not gotten around to that. We will still no. watch it before Halloween because it is absolutely terrifying. And it is a lot more. It's, I think it's a lot more up your alley. It's okay. very psychological. And one of the, it is a queer, like the Duke is a queer icon. People dress up as the Duke for mm. pride. And one of the main reasons is Netflix, when it came out originally mislabeled it as a, Uh, lgbtqi plus movie and so because they accidentally put it in there the queer community is like fuck you it's ours now Um, (laughs) i love that (laughs) and it is it is very much because it's a story about grief and it's about depression and sadness which once again uh, i think is part of the course for uh for this community Mm. But I wanted to shout out some of and give my opinions on some of our Discord listeners' favorite horror movies. Okay, yeah. I asked last week. Uh, said it's that time of year. What's your favorite scary movie?
2: We got a quite a variety of responses. We had too. some great responses. Yeah. Uh,
1: Mr H from the Bed Hoppers, love you, buddy. He said too many to choose from. I love Jaws, Poltergeist, Paranormal Activity, dot dot dot. So. We'll say Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I've seen it on the big screen twice. I have seen it on the little screen more times than I could possibly tell. I love the camera work, the suspense, that movie. I could do a whole podcast just on that film. It is fucking brilliant. Poltergeist. Poltergeist is amazing. That one's great, yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, uh, And it does that. It does it so well. If if you're looking for a scary movie to watch, mm-hmm. Poltergeist is great. Mm. Uh, Paranormal Activity, which I think has the greatest return on any movie ever made. It was it cost like something like 20, 30 grand to make and made like 30 billion zillion dollars. Yes. It's a huge return on investment for that film. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't like the way it's filmed. I don't like that sort of found footage mm. recorded at home kind of look.
2: Oh, I don't think I saw this one.
1: It's... It's got some really scary moments, but it's it's more that dread kind of scary and okay. a couple of jump scares. Uh-huh. The ending is, if if you like the ending, the paranormal activity, I'm not sure we can be friends anymore.
2: Uh-oh. <laughs> I might have to have a deeper chat with Mr. H.
1: Um, we had a couple of people say, I don't like scary movies. <laughs> that's all right. You Nobody's perfect. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, Evil Dead 2. Uh, okay.
2: oh, that's a good one. Yeah.
1: I am a fan of the Evil Dead mm-hmm. series. Way to take... One of the best long shots I've ever seen is in the the introduction of The Cabin. Uh, also, The Necronomicon is just such a great name of anything. I realize it comes from um, Lovecraft, but still, it's great. Um, Aliens.
2: Oh, yeah. That, yeah.
1: Love the Alien series. Yep. Uh, Aliens was great.
2: Game over, man.
1: Uh, and the scary movie parody.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, also... Not a horror movie, but still yeah, yeah. Uh, frightening in how funny it is at, <laughs> at times. Some of our our listeners showed their age and said something wicked this way comes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can't make too much fun of that nope. because Ray Bradbury wrote it, and Ray Bradbury's a fucking gold mine. I love that man. Fucking brilliant. Uh, the Witch, mm-hmm. I like that. That was It's scary in this sort of ethereal, weird you're like the whole movie is all setting up for the end. That's the, the whole movie. That's all it is. And it, there's a couple of great comeuppance moments in that film. I love the color. The palette of the film is beautiful. It's this pale, depressing film. If you've not seen it, definitely go out and watch the witch and the actress. I can't think of the young lady who's in it, but God, she's brilliant. Keep an eye on her. Anyway, uh, So we had one of our listeners says, I don't generally go to horror movies because I took a real hard look at you are what you eat some years back. And with the shift to things like Rob Zombie's unrestrained uh, reinterpretations and torture porn films like Saw and things like Hostel, I just decided I don't need that in my brain. It's damaged enough, which I totally. Fair
2: enough. Yeah. Totally
1: respect that.
2: Absolutely. But
1: then my argument to that is stay away from the news. Um, Mm. I find that. They might, you never know. They might and, and they might not. But uh, I struggle a lot with um, my dad was one of those people that hated horror because he said that it's like it gives people ideas and it, it it shows you just how bad the human brain can be. And my response always to that, which drove my dad mad, mm-hmm. was I know how bad the human mind can be. I take history lessons yeah, yeah and i think a really sort of interesting factoid about the saw franchise where the writers behind saw after the first one uh, the second third and up to what well, we are at like nine now but they said the way they got ideas were by looking at the devices that were used during the spanish inquisition mm-hmm. and then taking them and dialing them back a bit uh, so the things that we do to each other is much worse than anything that is actually happening in these films. And I, I find that for me, I find it it's cathartic because nine d nine ninety nine times out of 100, you know that the people are going to be just fine.
2: Yeah. Most of the time they are. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, additionally, I always think of, uh, Stephen King who said something to the effect of the scariest thing I can write is something knocked at the door. Mm. And anything at that point, the horror is there.
2: Your imagination is going to make it up. Right. Yeah. And so,
1: whatever he said is on the other side of the door that he creates is going to blank in comparison to.
2: Well, and what you were saying about, you know, our brains being able to come up with these horrible, horrible things and horrible uses for items. And then, of course, you watch the news and what are they going to report on? They're going to report on that. They're not going to report on the good stuff that people are doing and, and whatnot. Like, I mean, cause this is, you know, that's entertaining, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what we make movies of. There's a reason.
1: And then lastly, a, uh, a listener said, not a movie, but American Horror Stories. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and I think that that series has some really long form series like American Horror Story can do things that these shorter forms like like movies uh, can't do. And that's these long buildups and these payoffs that just work. I think that... Um,
2: and it's easier to come at things from different angles. Yeah, too.
1: and you can tell different stories. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting about that is in some cases there will be parts of it that just don't work, mm-hmm. but you rarely remember those unless they really, really, really don't work. But in most cases, your brain forgets them, whereas in a film, if... Twenty minutes of a two-hour film just don't work. Mm-hmm. That's what you know. It's yeah. harder to forget yeah. that. But if twenty minutes of a twenty-episode series doesn't work, you're gonna that you're gonna forget. you
2: overlook it. Yeah. Um,
1: I think that Asylum is fucking genius, based on a true story. Uh, a lot of the horror story American horror stories are based on on true stories or locations. Hotel mm-hmm. with Lady Gaga as as a vampire is so much fun um and the depictions of drug use as a demon is just oof, so good and i actually liked i'm one of the few people out there who enjoyed roanoke i think roanoke was a fun fun trip and maybe it was just because of living in north carolina and knowing yeah. about the roanoke island story and all that stuff yeah or the roanoke colony story maybe that's just mm-hmm. it but yeah. i i do really enjoy that american horror story Woof. booyah
2: i like that one yeah yeah I haven't seen all the all the seasons of it, but no, the ones I've seen, I've really really enjoyed.
1: I haven't watched the last three seasons. Uh, Nineteen eighty four. I tried watching it. I couldn't get into it. I think part of my problem with it is they all come. They all clearly come from the same universe, mm-hmm. and I don't have the time or patience mm-hmm. to really invest in it right now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But that doesn't make them bad. No, that just still means great. I don't yeah. have the time or patience. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, that is, uh, I feel like I've taken over the podcast over the last two weeks because it's, uh, this is my favorite time of year and, and we've never really done deep dives into, uh, horror, the horror genre, but, uh, yeah, these are, these will probably be our lowest listened to podcasts.
2: (laughs) I doubt it. You might be surprised. Maybe. I don't know. What
1: do you want to say to wrap up?
2: Boo. (laughs)
1: Um, So thank you to all of our discord listeners who popped in to tell us what their favorite scary movies are. Uh, If you want to be one of those discord listeners, go to www.patreon.com slash by the podcast and support us for as little as 50 cents a week. That's right. The amount of money that you lose in between your car seats each week could go to us. And keep our lights on and running and put you in our Discord chat. So we'd really appreciate that. Uh, ask us your questions, give us your comments, tell us your rude remarks on all of our socials at By the Buy Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or go to the website www.bythebuy.com.au. And uh, you can send us a message through our contact us page. Or if you're of the type of folks that uh, just likes to send emails, do that. We are the atoms of love, T H E A T O M S of love, at gmail.com. We definitely hope that uh, your Halloweener gets dipped into someone's pumpkin pie and comes out with a little <laughs> whipped cream on top this year. <laughs> Enjoy your treats and turn some tricks. And uh, I tell you, it's uh, it's going to be scary about how much mm-hmm. nakedness and sex that we're going to be having yes. over the Halloween season. Yes. Angela, anything you'd like to say that's scary to all those folks?
2: I'm pregnant. Oh, God. Dude. No. No. <laughs> in all seriousness have a I'm with child (laughs) no in all seriousness have a happy and safe Halloween and we will see you back here next week oh my god that's great bye
0: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well